This podcast is intended for professional investors only. It has been prepared solely for informational purposes and does not constitute an offer or investment advice. Hello and welcome to the podcast of NN Investment Partners. Uncertainties related to the corona crisis are putting financial markets under stress. In this podcast series, we talk with investment professionals about their views of the situation, how they are responding and what it means for investors. My name is Marcel van der Hoef and with me today is Ewout van Schaik. Ewout is the head of multi-asset at NN Investment Partners and oversees 30 billion euros in investments across different asset classes, including equities and bonds. Ewout, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Marcel. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, last week we didn't talk because you were on a short break. And when looking at the markets, it seems like it was the perfect week to be away. Yeah, I wasn't away the full week. Uh, I had a long weekend uh, around uh, Liberation Day here in the Netherlands. Uh, after that, uh, it was a quiet week, uh, relatively quiet week on the markets. The markets are grinding gradually higher. Uh, if you look, for example, to the US market indices, we see that equity markets moved up 3 to even 6% for the Nasdaq. So yeah, the market seems to be uh, in a in a different area or in a, in a in a place where there's not much going on. Yeah, and and the Nasdaq is even back I think at pre-crisis levels. How do you explain these positive developments in the markets? Yeah, I think there are a few explanations. I think the most important one is that the markets are still very much focused on the massive monetary and fiscal stimulus that we have seen. And especially in the US, where uh, yeah, the central bank, of course, has uh, has solved the liquidity issues that popped up at the beginning of the crisis and also provided support both for companies and families in order to, uh, to keep the economy going. Uh, secondly, the market has been focusing, in my view, a lot on the positive news flow on the virus developments. Mm-hmm. And we have seen a, a, a market slowdown in new cases and in fatalities in many developed markets. And, but also we've seen a lot of talk about potential uh, treatment options. Uh, and maybe most important, last week has been that a lot of countries have mentioned concrete timelines for gradual reopening of the economy. And I think the market is putting a lot of faith on that. Finally, if we look at the earnings season that we are now almost through, uh, we've seen that a lot of uh, corporate earnings have been not as bad as people feared. And especially the technology sector clearly lived up to high expectations uh, and, 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 you know, proves its status as the structural winner of this crisis. So I think that overall these factors have been an important driver for the str- strength of the market. Yeah, what seems to be the uh, underlying expectation about the recovery from this crisis? Yeah, if you look at what markets are pricing in right now, if you look at equity markets valuations, then it it seems that investors are still expecting a V-shaped recovery, a V-shaped recovery both in economic growth numbers and in earnings. And that means Mm -hmm. that um, markets are expecting a sizable improvement, uh, not too far into the distance, and especially a strong rebound in the second half of the year. And uh, yeah, I think that is uh, that's what we're being priced in in the market right now. And do you think that's uh, realistic? Uh, you cannot neglect the possibility that that will happen. Uh, we could see some unexpected developments on medicines or on a vaccine. Um, but uh, w- we we recently made some scenario. We did some scenario analysis mm-hmm. on the developments of the global economy and on markets. 
in the second half of this year and next year. So basically in the next one and a half year, uh, we made uh, our most positive scenario and a, and a most bearish scenario. And they are quite distinct. If you think about a mo- most positive scenario, you you think about an economic growth number that at the end of the year will be somewhere in the minus two, minus three percent area. If you mm-hmm. think about the most negative scenario, you think about an economic growth number, which in Europe could be minus 15%. If I look at equity markets right now, it feels that they are pricing in pretty much close to the most positive scenario we came up with. And that means that the market becomes vulnerable for any new slow that would be contradicting such a, uh, a positive V-shaped uh, recovery. Uh, it makes the, the, the economy of the market vulnerable mm-hmm. for uh, a negative news flow around the virus, around policy measures, uh, around the impact of the opening up of the economy. So, yeah, it creates vulnerabilities. Yeah. And when you look at all of this, how does this impact your investment view? Yeah, again, you know, we try to focus on what we know uh, and and not on what we don't know. And uh, and what we do know is that um, uh, the markets are improving uh, on the back of uh, the first argument I made uh, on the back of predominantly the the policy measures. And the policy measures are focused uh, most directly on credit markets. Mm -hmm. And that is still for us a reason to be most positive on uh, investment-grade corporate credits and high yield. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's where we put most of our uh, additional risk into our portfolios right now. We did, of course, uh, in April, uh, close our underweight equities. So create overall a slightly more risk on stance. Uh, but we don't think it, it's time yet to, to add to equity. And I believe you're also focusing more on the US now. Yeah, so... Although overall we have a neutral stance on equities, uh, we have added uh, to U.S. equities at the expense of European equities. Mm -hmm. And if you combine that with uh, a move that we did two weeks ago already where we added to emerging markets equities at the expense of Europe, that leads to now sizable uh, underweight positions on European equities. And we use that to uh, put additional money uh, at work in the U.S. and in the emerging markets. So, so explain that to me. Why are you more positive on U.S. equities? Yeah, we looked a bit more in detail on the differences in composition of the U.S. indices, indices versus the European indices. And then you see that um, the weight of stocks that in this crisis seem to be structural winners, um, especially stocks in the telecommunication uh, services, online sales, that that weight is much bigger in the US than in Europe. Uh, almost 20% of the stock indices in the US uh, is represented by the five largest large cap tech names. Well, in the whole European IT sector is only 6% of the index. And that means that a much larger part of the US companies is doing well, is benefiting from this environment um, than in Europe. And uh, in Europe, for example, we are faced with a very large financial sector that is one of the big losers, one of the big the big problem areas of this crisis. So it's the differences in sector composition that makes us more positive on US equities mm-hmm. than, ap- than about European equities. But don't you think that especially after the rise of the markets in the last few weeks that those stocks are relatively expensive? Yeah, if you just compare the valuation levels of US equities and European equities at an index level, then US equities seem to be pretty expensive. However, if you discount for the differences in sectoral compositions, mm-hmm. then actually US equities 
are much cheaper than you think. Uh, we compared the IT sector in the US with the European IT sector, although it's only small, you still can make a comparison. And then it, it seems that US tech is actually cheaper uh, than Eurozone tech companies. And if you compare financials on a one-on-one basis, then also your US financials are cheaper than Eurozone financial companies. So actually, the, the differences in valuation are purely a result of the differences in sectoral composition. And that makes us actually uh, confident that uh, the US equity market still has room to move higher. Uh, well, actually, the, the room for the European market is pretty limited at this moment. In closing, Ewout, uh, when we look ahead, life seems to be normalizing. Our kids in the Netherlands are going back to school this week. So so as an investor, what's your focus as we move towards, you know, normalization? Yeah, I think that is what markets should be focused on in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, we do see that the lockdown measures uh, are gradually reduced all over the world. Uh, Every country is doing it in its own way, but you do see that people go back to work, uh, shops are reopening, hairdressers are reopening, um, schools in some countries. Um, and we do see that parts of the economy that were completely dead are coming gradually back to life. I think the focus is going to be in the next few weeks about what is the impact of this opening up again on, on the one hand, the spreading of the virus. Is the risk of a so-called second wave realistic risk? And on the other hand, is the impact, the positive impact that opening up again will have on the global economy, is it meaningful again? Uh, Is economic growth picking up? Is sentiment improving? Are people going back to their jobs? So is the negative impact on the job market getting smaller? I think that is what it is important because in the end that will also define what the impact on earnings is going to be and whether the recovery in the equity market is justified or not. Okay, Ewa, thanks so much. Thank you, Marcel. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in your favorite app or keep an eye on podcast.nnip.com for the next one. This podcast was brought to you by NN Investment Partners, BV, and is intended for professional investors only. NN Investment Partners BV is licensed as management company of USITs and AIFs by the Dutch Authority for the Financial Markets. This podcast has been prepared solely for informational purposes and does not constitute an offer or investment advice. Use of the information contained in this podcast is at your own risk. Investment sustains risk. Please note that the value of any investment may rise or fall and that past performance is not indicative of future results.